Trading Chris Sale was the right move for the Boston Red Sox. Find out why on today's Locked on Red Sox. You are Locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast. And I am here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, Monday through Friday, straight to your favorite podcast feed for free. And honestly, who doesn't love free? What else do you have to lose besides tuning in and starting your day off the right way with Lockdown Red Sox, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Lockdown Red Sox, the first one of 2024. It sounds really weird to say we're in 2024 now. I feel like 2023 just absolutely flew by. I don't know where the time yet went, but it's an exciting year for me. 2024 is my wedding year. I'm getting married towards the end of this year. So I'm very excited about that. I'm sure the time will go by fast again, but I hope you had a lovely new year and I hope the Red Sox give us an exciting 2024 season. They certainly gave us an exciting couple days over the holiday weekend by first trading Chris Sale. And this move was absolutely not something that I saw coming at all. I felt like the Red Sox knew that sale was starting to deteriorate. And to be honest, this is the right move for the Boston Red Sox as an organization with what they're trying to do moving forward. They clearly want to get some of these big contracts off the books. So they clearly wanted to clear up some cap space and just dump at least some of Chris Sale's salary off the books. And one of the biggest reasons I feel like that the Red Sox traded Chris Sale is because he's getting older. He was in the last year of his contract to begin with. He has dealt with a lot of injuries over the last few seasons, so he hasn't really been as effective as of late as he was previously and I'll always appreciate prime Chris Sale in 2017 and 2018. They don't win the World Series in 2018 without him and opposing hitters were scared to go up against him but even just from his 2023 season he had some very rocky starts other starts in which he pitched well so you would see some glimpses of the Chris Sale that he used to be but between all the injuries and just the fact that he wasn't as effective as he used to be it's hard to justify the Red Sox not trading him away to try to get better assets and 
as a result, in return, they got a player who fills a direct need for them in infielder Vaughn Grisham from the Braves, who typically was spending a lot of his time playing shortstop, but will very clearly end up being the second baseman for the Red Sox because Trevor Story is playing shortstop. During 2023, he had a 280 batting average with nine RBIs and five runs scored, a 313 on base percentage with a 347 slugging. So when you look at this one-for-one trade, the Red Sox also did send $17 million to the Braves to help pay for the rest of that contract. And just from scrolling through Twitter and seeing Braves fans reacting to the trade, they were disappointed in the fact that they gave up Grissom. I don't think they're very thrilled about the idea of having an agent Chris Sale in their rotation. The reality at the end of the day, though, for me is the Red Sox need to improve this starting rotation. And by moving Chris Sale, that allows at least the optimism that the Red Sox are going to get better arms back in this whole situation because they already signed Lucas Giolito, who I'm going to be talking about a little bit later in the show, but they still do need that true number one starter. And I'm hoping by not having Sale's contract anymore, they can allow themselves to sign a pitcher who can help put that rotation into a more competitive spot. Because when thinking about the 2024 starting rotation, you put Chris Sale in that because nobody expected him to actually be traded. But to me, the biggest surprise in the whole thing was the fact that they were actually able to find a suitor for sale. I thought at this point, the Red Sox were going to be stuck having to deal with that contract and seeing it through till the end. So I'm surprised that the Braves were willing to take on Chris Sale and add him to their rotation. I wish nothing but the best for Sale always. He's one of my favorite Red Sox players to ever put on that uniform. He's somebody who always played the game to the best of his ability and gave more than 100% always. And that was the type of leader you wanted in your clubhouse. And his attitude was something that spread to the rest of his teammates and he constantly worked hard and the Braves are certainly getting somebody who is going to give them that full 100% effort all the time. Now he had a no trade clause and he waived that no trade clause to pitch for the Braves. So I'm hoping he can stay healthy during the 2024 season and be able to contribute for the Braves. But what the Red Sox are trying to do is clearly get younger, clearly try to find that foundation for when players like Marcelo Meyer and Kyle Teal do come up and eventually Roman Anthony and their top prospects. Eventually when those guys do come up, they want to have a solid foundation and they just don't see Chris Sale as part of the future of the franchise. And I think they're making the right choice by moving him and getting the return that they can get now so that they can move forward and focus on building that rotation with pieces that are going to be able to be reliable. And whether Chris Sale has a really strong season or not in 2024, it doesn't change how I feel about the fact that this was the right move for Boston because it gives them more flexibility in the end for what they're trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish. So from the standpoint of moving Chris Sale, yes, I was surprised by it, but I also know it's the right thing to do. Now, who did they get in the return? Who is Vaughn Grisham, you asked? 
Well, he is an infielder in the Braves system. He definitely has potential. He's only had a couple abbreviated stints in the majors, but one went a lot better than the other. So it's hard to know for sure how he's going to be in the majors, but he has very good minor league numbers. After he was drafted in the 11th round in 2019, he then missed all of the 2020 season due to the pandemic. And then he just absolutely lit it up in the majors. He put up outstanding numbers to the point where in 2022, the Braves promoted him directly to the majors from double A. So he had moved up so quickly through their system that he didn't even have time to make most top 100 prospect lists because those are only updated a couple times a year. And he was moving too quickly for him to make those lists. And that's promising for a young player who's coming onto a team that really needs that foundational second baseman to help build around. His career minor league slash line is 320 with a 407 on base percentage and 477 slugging over 329 games. So he absolutely stood out at the minor league level. His 2022 stint in the majors went really well as he put up a stat line of a 291 batting average with a 353 on base percentage and 440 slugging with five homers in 41 games. And in that season, he played second base almost exclusively. And he came to spring training the following season as the favorite to break camp as the Braves starting shortstop. But the Braves had concerns about his glove and they already had a lot of offensive firepower. So he wasn't selected to be the starter, but he did get a chance to fill in for the injured Arcia in 2023. And he didn't have as good of a season as he did the year before when he was called up briefly to play in 2022. So yes, he has mixed numbers at the major league level, but it wasn't enough to gauge what that's going to mean for his potential in the majors moving forward. He was going through a situation where he was a 22-year-old getting called up to the majors, probably trying to find his footing. So once he got demoted back to AAA after that not-so-great stint in the majors in 2023, he absolutely dominated again in 2023. So is there upside? Absolutely. The fact that he was able to move so quickly through the minor league system means that he has the potential. I think he was just going through some growing pains in the majors when he did get his call-ups. But the upside to this is that the Red Sox are getting a young player who can play second base. And even if he has to make some adjustments in that first year and get used to that position and playing with the Red Sox and playing at Fenway Park, Hopefully he can quickly get himself acclimated to the point that by 2025, when Marcelo Meyer is likely up and Kyle Teal is likely the starting catcher and the Red Sox have some talent there in the infield, he can bounce off of them and hopefully be at the point where he's more comfortable and acclimated. So this is somebody that the Red Sox can work with and create a really solid foundational second baseman out of. And they got rid of a player who, yes, emotionally hurts the fans, but is somebody who can hopefully go and still contribute in a brave starting rotation and somebody who the Red Sox needed to clear out if they really want to focus on their future goals of building that foundation and core for the future. So we'll see what happens with Grissom. I'm excited to see the potential there. And I feel like when the Red Sox give him a chance to prove himself, 
hopefully he could absolutely prove himself. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about another player that the Red Sox acquired over the holiday weekend. And what does this mean for the starting rotation? You'll find out next. Do you love sports betting? How interested are you in it? No matter what your ability level or interest level is, FanDuel will have you covered. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The one thing I will say is FanDuel is so great that once you get hooked on it, you won't ever want to stop. So just be prepared for that when you're on FanDuel making those bets because it's so much fun and it's cool to see how much money you can win because it really can be a lot. Also, you should download the SiriusXM app because you can get the home broadcast of every Red Sox game straight to your phone, so you don't have to worry about missing a single pitch. If you're anything like me, it bothers you when you miss anything. So download the SiriusXM app and search Red Sox, and you'll be all caught up for the 2024 season and ready to go because it'll generate that home broadcast of every game for you so that you don't have to miss out on anything. The Boston Red Sox signed... Starting pitcher Lucas Giolito to a two-year, $38.5 million contract over the weekend. This deal includes an opt-out after the first season by Giolito, so he can choose whether he wants to opt into that second year or not, similar to what Justin Turner did, where he had an opt-out option and chose to opt out after the 2023 season to explore free agency. This move will be for him dependent on how he pitches in 2024. If he has a very solid season in 2024, he might want to explore free agency to see how much money he can get at that point and how desirable of a pitcher he is on the market. But if he struggles in 2024, he's most certainly going to opt in for 2025 because he won't feel confident that he can get the money elsewhere. So he'll try to pitch better in 2025 and have a bounce back season. My initial thought when I saw that the Red Sox signed Giolito was, yay, the Red Sox did something finally because we've obviously been patient. We've been waiting for the Red Sox to make moves. They signed Lucas Giolito. He is by no means an ace or that number one starter that the Red Sox need, but he is a name I mentioned as somebody to potentially look out for for Boston when it came to starting pitchers that they potentially could sign. Giolito had a very solid start to his career. In 2016, he pitched to the tune of a 675 ERA when he was still getting acclimated. But then in 2017, jumped his ERA all the way down to a 238. His seasons in 2019 and 2020 were very good. A 341 ERA in 2019 and a 348 ERA in 2020, 2021. 
was a 353 ERA. So those three seasons were solid for him. And then he started to face some injuries over the last couple seasons in 2022 and 2023. He hasn't been able to pitch in very many games. During the 2023 season, he ended the year with a 488 ERA with an 8-15 and record over 33 games pitched. I don't like to weigh it record too much because record doesn't always mean it's on the pitcher. Sometimes, yes, it is if the pitcher has a bad outing and the offense can't catch up because the pitcher gave up too many runs, then yes, sure, that's on the pitcher. But it could be a one nothing game and the pitcher gets a loss because his team couldn't score even if he had a really good start. Jacob deGrom, it used to happen all the time with when he was with the Mets. So I like to try not to weigh that as much and look at other stats more. But he did get injured in 2023. And prior to his injury, he had an earned run average of around 350. So I feel like he's the type of pitcher that Andrew Bailey can work with and try to get him back to the pitcher he was when he was pitching very well. I don't think we'll see a Lucas Giolito that's unhittable really, but I do think we'll see somebody who, when working with Andrew Bailey, can hopefully get some of his numbers back up to the point where he can be effective. He still averaged 9.96 strikeouts per nine innings in 2023, along with 3.56 walks per nine. So he doesn't have a huge walk problem, and he will strike out a lot of guys, and his average was about 2.00 home runs per nine innings that he gave up. So he doesn't give up the long ball a lot, and he will strike out his guys, which is good stuff and a good foundation for him to start with. The main issue for him, I feel, that set him back was the injuries. If he can stay healthy, this could maybe end up being a steal of the offseason for Boston. It could go one of two ways. He could come up and be just an absolute disaster because he's just never able to figure it out again after his injuries, or he can come in and be a really solid contributor and maybe be a three or four starter in the Red Sox rotation. I don't see him being anything more than a three or four, and he doesn't necessarily need to be that because Brian Bayo will continue to hopefully improve as will Cutter Crawford, hopefully, and we'll see what happens with the Tanner Houck, Garrett Whitlock, Nick Pavetta situation. But Lucas Giolito adds some pitching depth in that starting rotation, which, as we know, is something the Red Sox needed. They needed the arms. Does Lucas Giolito move the needle? Not entirely, but if he can bring some good stuff and Andrew Bailey can find a way to get him back to where he was before his injuries, he could end up being a treat to watch for Red Sox fans. And some people are saying it's an overpayment. I don't know that the word overpayment really exists at this point in free agency due to the fact that Yamamoto and Otani have signed and pitchers were waiting for them to get their contracts. I just think this is the nature of the business now. Players want more money and are expecting more money, and they'll sign with the teams that are willing to give them that more money. And Giolito is probably somebody who maybe had some suitors in the offseason but knew he wasn't going to be – getting the biggest contract out there, but he feels like he can get himself back to where he was. So I feel like it's a pretty low risk, 
high reward signing for a guy who hasn't been able to bring his best stuff the last couple seasons, but the Red Sox are turning a new leaf with their pitching staff in terms of bringing in a new guy to lead that pitching rotation and work with the guys in Andrew Bailey. So I'm hoping if he gets his hands on Giolito and is able to really figure out what he needs to do to get back to what he was before, it could be a really good situation for Boston. Now I'm not saying it will be, and I still have my hesitations because if he struggles, then it really doesn't make the rotation any better than it was, but that's the risk you have to take. And at least we can hope that it adds some depth. And I also feel like with the combination of this move and moving Chris sale, it shows that the Red Sox are trying to focus on the rotation and hopefully it means they'll bring in somebody to cap off the pitching rotation who we can look at and honestly say can be a solid number one for this team because Giolito is not that, but I do think there's upside there, which we've seen from him in the past. So before saying he's not going to be effective, let's just give Bailey a chance to work with him and see what happens. I know there's some impatience going on here in regards to the Red Sox and the moves they're making or lack thereof in the right places. But I think we should give Giolito a chance before completely banking him because he has definitely shown that upside in years past. The Red Sox also made a minor move on Tuesday. So I'm going to be talking about that move next. There's very exciting news for the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. This is really exciting for Locked On, your team every day, because nobody else has this. We are the only ones to have a 24-7 sports streaming channel. So if you're ever sitting there at the point where you might get busy at work and you can't check your phone to see what's going on, and you don't have time to sit there and scroll through Twitter, you can subscribe to Locked On Sports today, and you can actually be caught up in everything going on in sports because it's a constant stream no matter what time zone you're in. So subscribe to Lockdown Sports today, and it will absolutely have you covered. Also, don't forget to download the SiriusXM app because you can get the home broadcast of every Red Sox game straight to your feed. It's actually awesome because they play so many games that there's a good chance you might not be able to sit in front of a TV and watch all of them live start to finish. So if that's you and you have other things going on sometimes, you can still Feel like you're tuning into the game by listening on the Sirius XM app. Just search Red Sox and it'll generate that broadcast for you. So make sure that you do that today as well. Also, don't forget you can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox and follow me on Twitter at Gabby Hurlbut 10 and we can talk all things Red Sox. That way you can make more friends in the Red Sox Twitter community. It's honestly a fun time. So follow me, follow the show. We can talk. Red Sox, and all the moves that are made that way. As the Red Sox look to continue to round out their roster, they did make a minor move on Tuesday. 
They claimed right-handed pitcher, pitcher Max Castillo off waivers from the Kansas City Royals. He is a pitcher who has bounced around between a couple different teams. He got his start as an international free agent who signed with the Toronto Blue Jays in 2015. The Blue Jays then sent him and utility man Samad Taylor to the Royals at the 2022 trade deadline to acquire all-star infielder and outfielder with Merrifield. So then he was with the Royals, and then the Royals designated him for assignment on December 19th because they had signed Hunter Renfro in free agency, so they needed to make room for him. So they DFA'd him. The Red Sox claimed him. Who was Max Castillo, you may ask? So he's a pitcher who made his big league debut in 2022, posting a 3.05 ERA over nine outings with the Blue Jays. After getting traded to the Royals, though, he went 0-2 with a 1.768 whip as a back-end starter. So in 2023, the Royals ended up using him as a long reliever He and when he was first activated in May. Through his first three appearances – of the season, he was firing on all cylinders. He had a 289 earned run average and 9.1 innings up to that point. But after getting rocked by the White Sox on May 21st, he was optioned to AAA. Then he had one more MLB outing in July and two more in August, and then ended the season with an 0 and 1 record and 443 ERA. So this move. To me, isn't anything major. He's an average pitcher at best who probably could be used out of the bullpen. When the Red Sox did trade Chris Sale, the starting rotation is the thing that needed to be the most addressed and really was the thing that had to be the most addressed all offseason. But moving Sale, I said, okay, their next move will probably be an addition to the rotation. But I'm not seeing Castillo coming out of the rotation. He hasn't done enough at the major league level to show that he's capable of being a reliable starting pitcher. But luckily, the Red Sox have enough options, and I listed a few of their names earlier, to pitch out of the rotation so that Castillo can come out of the bullpen. He's 24 years old. He has one option remaining, which means that the Red Sox don't necessarily have to keep him on the major league roster for the whole 2024 season. So theoretically, they could have him on the roster. He could try pitching. And then if he struggles, they don't necessarily need to keep him on the roster. So it's probably just a depth move to the point where the Red Sox maybe see some upside in him. Maybe they see something in him that nobody else really sees and they want to give him a shot. But I don't see this as a move that really makes or breaks much of anything for the Boston Red Sox. It's a minor move for somebody who could end up spending a lot of his time in AAA and maybe could pitch out of the bullpen in the majors. But either way, sometimes the Red Sox do have to take chances on some of these guys because the reality at the end of the day is you really don't know how a pitcher is going to be for any team that they pitch for. They could pitch really well in one system and then come to another team and not pitch as well there. And you're never going to know that if you don't give people an opportunity. So to me, by the Red Sox signing Castillo, claiming him off of waivers from the Royals, to me, they're probably like 
why not try it? Why not see what he can bring to the table? Because what if he's really good for us and ends up being one of those pieces that we need that we could use out of the bullpen? So try it out, see how it goes. The Red Sox are continuing to add depth, which is good. They do need to add a high impact arm to that starting rotation first before the season starts. But there's nothing wrong with prioritizing that, but also adding depth to the bullpen, especially with a new pitching coach at the helm who can work with these guys and is very qualified to do that job. Maybe Andrew Bailey can find his niche and find something in Castillo that could work for Boston. So a small move, but one that could end up being a low-key, really good move for Boston if things go well. So we'll see what happens, but don't forget to download the SiriusXM app and search Red Sox so that you can get the home broadcast of every game straight to your feed so you don't have to worry about missing a single pitch. And also subscribe to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube as we have launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. All the Lockdown experts are here for you 24-7 to cover every league so you don't have to miss anything. It's really great. It's a 24-7 live stream. No matter what time of day it is for you, just head to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube so that you can get yourself caught up on anything sports related. Lockdown is your team every day. And like I always say, just have faith, keep the faith, go Red Sox. I wish Chris Sale the absolute best of luck and I will catch you on the flip side.